Thank you, gentlemen. Take your Bible, please, and open to 1 Corinthians in chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Two Sundays ago was Consecration Sunday, and we had the joy of coming before the Lord in prayer and with reverence and in a proper formal manner, we gave ourselves to the Lord for this year. Last Sunday, we showed from the Bible that after we consecrate ourselves to God, we need to go on unto perfection. And perfection means, I believe, that we will live our lives for God as his servants. And I believe with all my heart, there are huge eternal rewards for Christians who will choose to live their lives as God's servants. Not all Christians do that. Some Christians don't do that because they're not aware that uh, God calls upon us to live as servants. Other Christians do not do that, although they know that God calls us to be servants, they prefer not. They have another agenda. They've got other things they'd rather do. But there are great, eternal, huge rewards for Christians who will choose to live as God's servants. We looked last Sunday at the first quality, I believe, required to be a servant of God, and that's humility. The word humble means to bow low. Right there is a reason why some Christians refuse because they don't want to bow. So last Sunday, we spent the time talking about humility and how we must humble ourselves before God, not once a year, once a month, once a week, but every day. We must humble ourselves before God. It's very important. Now, in chapter 4, verse 1, I'd like to point out something. Paul wrote, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ. Now, the word minister literally means minus. That's what the, the word literally means. The, etym the etymology of the word, it means minus. So he's saying to count of us as minus of Christ, and the idea is a helper or an assistant, perhaps. Then he goes on in verse 2, and he says these words, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And so today we want to examine the next step in becoming a servant for God, and that is faithfulness. Now, both humility and faithfulness might well be called character qualities, and I believe that's true but I'd like to deal with them as if they were steps. One, then the next, and so on. And so today, we'll be speaking on the subject, serving the Lord requires faithfulness. Let's pause for prayer. Let's ask God to speak with our hearts. Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves once more in your mighty presence, and we thank you, Lord, for all of your, your gifts and your goodness to each and every one of us. Even the very fact that we still are alive and draw breath is a gift of God. We thank you, Lord, we can gather here today. Thank you for the beautiful weather you've, you've allowed here in the wintertime. And we thank you for the comfortable facilities you've provided. Our Father, help us now to set other thoughts aside, set other agenda aside, and to concentrate for the next little while on what you have to say in the scriptures on this matter of being faithful. Speak with our hearts today, Lord. Have thine own way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, I'd like to say once again that God would never ask you and I to do something that he himself would not be willing to do. If God asks you to do something, 
God himself would have had no problem doing it. Last week, we spoke on how God asks us to humble ourselves before him. And we went and studied in the scripture, and lo and behold, we found that God, Jesus, humbled himself. In fact, we even pointed this out. In order for God to walk with you and I, God has to humble himself. God, who can travel faster than the speed of light, has to humble himself in order to walk with us. Interesting. God calls upon us to be faithful. You know what that means. It means that God himself is also faithful. Now, this is so important. Please don't miss this. If you've got your cell phone out there in front of you, please put it away. Sit on it if you have to. This is so very important. God calls upon us to be faithful, and God himself is faithful to us. In fact, listen, God is always faithful. He makes that abundantly clear in the scriptures. Listen, I'll read the scriptures for you. 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.13. God is faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Faithful is he that calleth you. Hebrews 10.23. He is faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. 1 Peter 4.19 As unto a faithful creator. Revelation 19.11 And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful. Capital F. Faithful and true. And Lamentations 3.23, great is thy faithfulness. Amen. It's easy to see the faithfulness of Almighty God in the scriptures. God has put that up nice and clear for us all to get the picture. That God is faithful. Now he calls upon you and I to be faithful. Anyone can be faithful in the good times, but it's when the clouds come and the sun hides itself and the day darkens itself and the adversaries of God make themselves visible. That's when faithfulness is really put to the test. Anyone can stand up and say, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm faithful, I'm faithful. And then a little kid with a pea shooter pops up, uh, you know, and, and threatens to, you know, ping a pea at us and whoo, and off we go. They say that a coward is someone who thinks with his feet. You can see that faithfulness is extremely important to God because he himself is faithful. And I believe that's why Paul wrote these words. Moreover, it is required in stewards. A steward is a servant of God. A steward is someone that God would use to do a job, a ministry. Not necessarily full-time preaching, but any kind of ministry. And listen, if you're a Christian, you have a full-time calling, folks. And that full-time calling is to live your life for Jesus Christ. Not to live your life for yourself, but to live your life for Jesus Christ. And Paul wrote that it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So if God were to pull your life apart and look at you, would he find faithfulness? Would God find faithfulness in you? You know, in a marriage, one of the greatest qualities you can have is faithfulness. Isn't it true that at the root cause of most marriages that break up, is unfaithfulness. 
Doesn't that seem to be the leading cause that destroys most marriages these days? It's unfaithfulness. Paul knew the importance of being being faithful to God. He wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 verse 12. He said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. Can Jesus Christ say of you that he counts you faithful? Are you a faithful believer that can be counted upon day or night? Come rain, come sunshine. Come good times or bad times. Come football season. Can you be counted upon to be faithful to God? I'll never forget this miserable YouTube clip of some Lutheran... Well, he was supposed to be a minister, a pastor, but I, I, I hesitate to call him that. He, he had his, his long priestly garb on as he stood before his congregation. And he said, folks, as you know, today is the uh, NFL playoffs. And he said, I'm glad you're all here. Up on the table is some bread and wine if anyone wants it. But as for me, I'm out of here. And he pulled his garb and there was his favorite football team jersey on underneath. And he went right down and out. I'm going home to watch the game. And out he went. I think that man ought to be run out of the ministry. Maybe run out of town. What, what kind of shepherd of the flock is that? huh? If God looked through your life, would he say, ah, that's what I'm looking for. Faithfulness. There it is. She's got it. He's got it. I was looking for it. They've got it. I found it. A husband looks for faithfulness in his wife as a wife looks for faithfulness in her husband. And God looks for faithfulness. Hey, don't you and I, don't we look for faithfulness in God? Don't we read scriptures like, He will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And, and we say, Hallelujah! Jesus is mine. Now that same Jesus is looking for faithfulness in you and in me. Can you honestly say before God today that you are faithful to God? Now, it matters not if you're a brilliant teacher or a preacher or uh, uh, an efficient organizer or even a wealthy Christian, and that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is whether you're faithful or not. Paul wrote, chapter 4, verse 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Pastor, why are you preaching on this? Because our theme, folks, is right up there on the wall, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. That's our theme for 2019. I believe that whether it was 2019 or not, that ought to still be part of our theology. We ought to still consider ourselves servants of the Lord, and we ought to sort of prepare ourselves for that. Now, can you imagine if you went for a job interview to become God's servant? Many of you have already gone on job interviews. Isn't that true? How many have ever been on a job interview? Raise your hand if you've been on a job interview. Look at all the hands. Okay. Some of you wish you could be on a job interview. Your day will come. You went on that job interview and you probably dressed as good as you could, as you thought would be appropriate. You probably had your resume all done out and looked real good, no thumb marks on it. Everything was good. You handed all that in. You sat there all nervous. And the interviewer said, just relax. Can I ask you a few questions? Now, supposing you went on a job interview to become one of God's servants. 
Maybe in your heart today, you're thinking, you know, it would be nice to be one of God's servants. I'd like to be able to serve God. I'd like to be able to look forward to eternal rewards when I get home to heaven. I wonder how I could be one of God's servants. And so you saw a posting to be a servant for the Lord. And so you went on a job interview. You sat down in front of God. And you're all nervous. And God says, just relax. And God said to you, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? And you'd say, not at all, Lord. Fire away. I'm ready. And God says, okay. And so God begins his questions. He says, well, number one, are you saved? Are you baptized by full immersion? Are you a member of the church? How would you answer that question? There are some Christians who think that that is dirty pool. God would never ask me that question. I have news for you, my friend. It's in the Bible. And if God put it in the Bible, don't you think he's got a right to ask you that question? So how would you, how would you answer God? You're on your job interview. He says, okay, question number two. God asks, have you consecrated yourself to me? Have you gotten on your knees and given me your body? Have you consecrated your whole self to me? Now that is a good question. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 tell us to do that. You're the, the one looking for the job. Have you done that yet? By the way, if you're here today and you've never given your body to God, you've never properly consecrated yourself to God, why don't you do that today on the invitation? Come and give yourself to God. But then God goes on in the interview and he asks you this question. God asks you, have you humbled yourself before me so that you're willing to do my will? Have you bowed your will to my will? Have you humbled yourself before me? Those are good questions, don't you think? Maybe you're sitting there squirming in the seat in front of God. God says, listen, I just have one more question. And finally, God asks you, are you faithful to do what I tell you to do and not to quit on me? Are you faithful to do what I tell you to do and not to quit? Now, how do you think you would do in a job interview like that? How do you think you'd score? Would you score enough that God says you got the job? Many people actually start serving God, but many people quit somewhere along the line. And I'll give you a couple examples. John Mark was a great young Christian guy, and he uh, got out there serving the Lord with none less than Paul and Barnabas. And away they went. But John Mark quit and went back home after only a couple of weeks. Apparently, he quit out of fear. He was afraid, and so he quit serving the Lord. Some years later, another man started, he got saved and started to serve the Lord alongside the Apostle Paul, and his name was Demas. And Demas was a great servant of God until one day, Demas departed. And Paul sadly wrote of him and said that uh, he departed having loved this present world. And the reason why Demas quit serving God was because, well, Demas had desires for the world. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7, 
it says, ye did run well. Who did hinder you? Have you ever served God and quit? Maybe the name Norman Giesler doesn't mean much to you. Maybe you've heard of him, but he's 86 years young, and he is a powerhouse for God. Now, he's got a couple of small theological differences, but nonetheless, Norman Giesler started two Bible colleges. Norman Giesler wrote over 90 Christian books, and Norman Giesler is a powerful speaker for creationism versus evolution. But let me tell you something about Norman Giesler. Did you know that when he was just a boy back in the 1930s, a faithful church bus driver came by and picked him up and took him to Sunday school. And Norman Giesler didn't get saved that Sunday. And so the next Sunday, the church bus driver picked him up again and brought him into church for the second time. And on that second Sunday, Norman Giesler did not get saved. Nor did Norman Giesler get saved on the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seven, eighth, ninth, tenth bus trip. Yet that church bus driver faithfully picked him up for 10, 20, 30, 40, 52 Sundays. How many is that? Well, we call that what? A whole year, right? Norman didn't get saved. That church bus driver continued to pick him up for the second entire year brought him into church, into Sunday school where he heard the gospel and Norman did not get saved. And yet that church bus driver did not quit, but he went and picked him up for the third year, 52 more Sundays. And the fourth year, another 52 Sundays. Listen to this. After 400 Sundays, Norman Giesler is now a senior in high school. And on the 400th Sunday, Norman Giesler got saved. Makes you wonder, what would have happened if the bus driver had quit? Said, I'm not picking up that kid anymore. It's a waste of time. He'll never get saved. He just takes up seat on the bus where some other better kid could, could sit. What if the bus driver had given up, say, on the 395th Sunday? or the 399th Sunday. Praise God for a faithful church bus driver who would not quit. And because of the faithfulness of that church bus driver, Norman Giesler got saved. Now, by the way, you all know that we've got a bus ministry and we're trying to reach families here in Surrey. And with our one small little bus, and our few little people that are working it faithfully. We are reaching a few, but there are so many more we could reach. If we were to go ahead and get this 24-seater bus, boy, we could, we could max out here. We figure we can handle 30 kids in our facility here. But you know, we need some help. I wonder if God would touch any heart here today. Someone would say, I want to serve the Lord in the bus ministry. I want to get involved. Who knows? Maybe we'll have another Norman Giesler out there. A lot of great servants of God got saved because someone, some Christian person was faithful, faithful, faithful. D.L. Moody 
got saved because of a, a faithful Sunday school teacher named Kimball. He wouldn't give up on Moody. And he finally led Moody to, to Christ. And boom, it was like putting the spark to the powder keg. Off he went, and Moody was soon bringing in people and winning souls. He was a powerhouse for God. You know something? Jesus, our Lord Jesus, taught us the importance of faithfulness. When he said in Luke chapter 12, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household? You know, God is really interested in faithfulness. You may say, well, I can't do much. I can't sing like those singers up here. I can't play any musical instruments like the, the piano players here. You know, I, I, I'm not an orator. I don't think anyone would even ever ask me to lead in silent prayer. I mean, I, there's nothing I can do. I've got no talents at all. If you can be faithful, God can use you. If you think that you can commit yourself to a faithful creator and be faithful to that creator, God will use you. And you'll have rewards in heaven. That's his absolute promise. Perhaps you say, well, I'd like to be faithful, but pastor, I struggle with faithfulness. I, I'm the, the type I'll get started, but then I quit. And I struggle with faithfulness. I'm more unfaithful maybe than I am faithful. Well, I want to give you a little secret, a little tip if you'll, if you'll receive it. Faith is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not a fruit of the flesh. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit will give you. Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. The Holy Spirit can make you faithful. Just like the Holy Spirit helped you get saved. You couldn't save yourself. He helped you get saved. The Holy Spirit can make you faithful. He can take an unfaithful Christian and turn that unfaithful Christian man or woman into a faithful Christian. That's the will of God. And so the Holy Spirit is there ready and willing and able to help you if you will yield yourself to Him. If you will come to Him in prayer and say, Holy Spirit of God, please, you know how weak I am. You know how unfaithful I am. Please help me. I yield to you. Help me to become faithful day after day and Sunday after Sunday. Make me a faithful man. Make me a faithful woman. The Holy Spirit will answer that prayer. He's wanting to make you faithful. So be not afraid. Don't think that it's up to you to hold the, the world up day by day. No, it's the Holy Spirit to strengthen you and give you all the wisdom and strength and faith you need to be faithful. So important. Maybe you've heard the name Caleb. Caleb lived and died in the Old Testament, but he was a faithful man who served God under Moses. Now listen to what God had to say about Caleb in Numbers chapter 14. Listen. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went and his seed shall possess it. That was a tremendous promise from God to Caleb. And the reason was because Caleb was faithful. How did he get faithful? Well, Caleb, it says he had another spirit with him. Methinks the Holy Spirit got involved with Caleb's life. 
You say, oh, the lucky duck. Nah, he's just as lucky as you or I. Caleb yielded himself. What is Caleb? Just another man with sins and with hang-ups and with weaknesses. That's all he was. He was just a man who came to God one day and said, Help thou my unbelief. Help my unfaithfulness. Help me to be faithful. Do you think Caleb was born that way? He became that way. You weren't born saved. You had to get saved. There's only one way to be saved, right? Amen? Only one way. It's not through good works. Not through looking pretty in a mirror. It's through humbling yourself. It's by acknowledging to God Almighty that your sin is whisking you away into hell. Whereby you need to cry out, Stop, stop, Lord, I don't want to go to hell. Forgive my sins. Jesus, come in my heart and be my Savior. And if you mean it, he will. Because he wants to. Caleb had another spirit. No doubt it was the Holy Spirit was involved. Now you might be wondering, well, how can we show ourselves faithful to God? In what areas? How will it be evident? If I'm going to be a faithful man or a faithful woman, how will it show? How will maybe God know that I'm faithful? Well, number one, come on time to all the church services. Oh, you say, that's just a little thing. I know it's a little thing, but that's what God measures faithfulness in. He measures faithfulness in little things. A man, when he's courting and dating his wife-to-be, he'll run and say, just a minute, honey, let me get that car door for you. There you are, my sweet. Oh, what a, what a hero. <laughs> it does it show. And then he closes the door, he runs around, he gets in and puts it in gear, and away they go. Hold on there, sweetheart. Let me get those, those grocery bags there. They're too heavy for a frail little girl like you. Oh, my hero. <laughs> Does it show? See? Right. And then they get married. And then things change. And all those little things that he showed himself faithful in, what happened? He's not so faithful anymore. All those things he did to win her, he doesn't do those things to keep her anymore. Men, we got to go back to faithfulness. Faithfulness is measured in the little things. Your church attendance, you may just think it's a little thing. Oh, listen, they don't care if I'm here on time or not. They'll start the services. It doesn't matter if I'm here on time for Sunday school. Oh, listen, it matters with God because he measures your faithfulness. And some of you are way more faithful to your employer at work than you are to God's house. And some of you may be way more faithful to going to a dentist appointment or a doctor appointment. You'll break the speed limit to get there on time. But ah, it doesn't matter if I'm there at church, you know, whether I'm 10, 15, 20 minutes late, doesn't matter. Well, it matters with God. God is looking for faithful Christians. And that's one way you can show yourself faithful. Very simple way, won't cost you anything. Be here at the church services. Some are faithful Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, but that's it. That's it. You don't see them again till next Sunday, 11 o'clock. And not that, they're, that they couldn't come. It's just they don't want to come. If you're sick, don't come. If you're working, don't come. But if you're not sick and you're not working, where are you? Let's be in God's house. You might think that I'm bullying you. I am not bullying you. I am provoking you. The word provoke 
means to call forth to a challenge. That's what provoke means. Vocare is to call. Pro means out front. I'm calling you out front to a challenge. Step up your faithfulness. Be here on time. Just like you would at work. You punch in, you start work at 8 o'clock, chunk, chunk, you're here at 5 to 8 or whatever. You're not here at 20 after 8. You're here 20 after 8 consistently. You don't have a job, right? How about school? Oh, got to be there at school. School starts at 9 o'clock. Now, there are some people that are just late at everything they do. Well, only God can help them. <laughs> but the secret is the Holy Spirit. Number two, if you're saved and you're not baptized by full immersion, you need to take one of those connection cards and write me a little letter and say, Dear Pastor, I'd like to talk to you about baptism. Here's my name and phone number. Put that card in at the end of the service. I'll get in touch with you and we'll talk things through and I'll answer your questions. Number three, be faithful in giving your weekly tithes and faith promise support for mission. Don't take your tithes to McDonald's. Oh, they'll never miss my tithe. My tithe doesn't matter. It's so little. God will miss it. God will make up the needs here. I'll be quite honest with you. God will look after his church, but you'll, you know, skin yourself out of a blessing because God is looking for faithfulness and faithfulness is always measured in the little things. Your church attendance, your tithing, being baptized, how about your daily devotional time? Are you every day with the Lord first thing in the morning? Or are you hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss? Or are you never there? The Lord every morning is waiting to meet with you alone, secret, you and God. Do you keep that appointment? You know, that there is the source of your strength. That there is your golden opportunity to humble yourself before God every day, it's your golden opportunity to tap into God's strength and wisdom and power to get you through the day. And when you short circuit that, when you say, I don't have time for devotions. I'm a busy man. I'm a busy lady. I'm a mother. I'm a student. I'm something. And I just don't have time to spend with God. And you bypass that. You short circuit and you do yourself an incredible injustice. You miss out on such blessings. And I just encourage you with all my heart, Make the time. You'll only do it if you make the time because it won't come on its own. The devil makes sure. You have to make that time with God. Hmm? Oh, the blessings of spending the first 30 minutes with God every morning. You'll never regret it. Never. But if you bypass it, one day you will greatly regret it. Here's one more way in which you can show yourself faithful and that's get yourself a ministry for God and stick at it. You say, a ministry, well, I don't know, I, I don't preach and I don't teach and uh, what else is there? Oh, my friend, there's 103 things. There are lots of ways in which you can serve the Lord. Little ways, but important ways. Get yourself a ministry. Please don't have a big zero next to your name. Oh, we've got Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and Huey's got two ministries, and Louie's got one ministry, and Dewey here has got a big zero beside his name. He does nothing for the Lord. Don't be, don't be like that. Get something beside your name. Do something. Do something for the Lord. You say, well, what can I do? Well, if you're interested, 
We need bus workers, drivers and helpers. We need snack providers. We need cleaners. We need people who will invite other people and use their vehicle to bring in people, like being mom's taxi service, bring people into the house of the Lord. Hmm? We need prayer warriors. You know, the, the job openings at 9.30 Sunday morning, we need prayer warriors. There, there are so many ministries. Get one. Do something to show yourself faithful. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Back in 1983, on Sunday, October 23rd, in Beirut, the Marines were all still in their bunks sleeping when a terrorist bomb went off. 307 Americans were killed and 75 were wounded, all as they slept in their bunks. A few days after the tragedy, Marine Corps Commander Paul Kelly was visiting some of the wounded survivors in a hospital in Frankfurt, Germany. Among the survivors was Corporal Jeffrey Lee Nashton. He was severely wounded in the incident. Nashton had so many tubes running in and out of his body that people said he looked more like a machine than a man. And yet he was a survivor. As Commander Kelly came near, Nashton struggled to move and racked with pain. And he motioned for a piece of paper and a pen. And it was given to him. And with shaky hand, he wrote a brief note and passed it back to his commander. Commander Kelly took the paper and on the slip of paper were two words. Semper Fi. Which is the Latin motto of the Marines. And it means forever faithful. Think of that. Forever faithful. Faithful to the end. That's what God is. And that's what he wants you to be. Can you say you're faithful today? Why not come and talk to God today about it? Maybe, maybe you have a ministry and you're, you're thinking of quitting. Or maybe you have quit. Or maybe you're wanting to get in the game. Maybe you're wanting to show yourself faithful. Now's your opportunity. Come on the invitation and talk to God. Humble yourself and say, God, I, I, I want to be faithful. That's a good prayer. Our Lord Jesus spoke of this kind of faithfulness. Listen, he said these words in Matthew 25, well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant. Doesn't say successful servant. He says faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. The Bible says it is required in stewards to be found faithful. Will you come to God in prayer and ask him to make you a faithful man, faithful woman? Let's stand to our feet.